Hello and welcome to Bringing Education Home. I'm Herb. And I'm Christina. Together we are bringing you ideas about education, entrepreneurship, and relationships that are both inside and outside the box. If you like the show, be sure to follow Christina on Facebook and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Today we have the pleasure of introducing Dr. Mort Ortman, MD. Dr. Mort Ortman is an internal medicine physician with 40 years of success as an anger elimination and stress elimination expert. He is the creator of I Can't Believe I'm Not Angry Anymore, Anger Relief Program, a 10-session program that has proven to be extremely effective for helping people overcome long-standing anger issues, including anger issues related to marriage, parenting, and divorce. Dr. Orman has led more than 100 anger and stress elimination workshops for doctors, nurses, lawyers, business owners, entrepreneurs, other professionals, and even the FBI. He's also been the official sponsor of the National Stress Awareness Month in the U.S. every April since 1982. Welcome, Dr. Dr. Mort. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Is that okay to call you Dr. Mort, or would you prefer to be called something else? No, Dr. Dr. Mort is fine. Awesome. We are so glad you came to join us today. Um, go ahead and give us a little bit of your background. I mean, there was some in your bio, but what made you go from a practicing MD to working on and focusing on this anger issue? Well, anger and stress. And what made me go there was being a practicing physician <laughs> where you have a lot of stress, you know, in your job. And it was stressful getting getting into medicine, you know, in college, it was very competitive. And then in medical school, I had a lot of stress. I had a lot of anger and anxiety and um, relationship conflicts and things like that. So, and then when you get into practice, they don't really teach you in medical school how to run a small business, which is what I had. So I had to figure that all out. And, and then on top of that, you know, so I'm sitting there struggling with my own stresses and then my patients are coming to me and they're hoping that I can help them with their stresses. So they're unloading all of their difficulties, not just their medical concerns, but their family concerns and their problems and, you know, um, things at work and all kinds of, and they're hoping that I can help and, and I can't even deal with my stress. Mm -hmm. So I'm feeling doubly stressed now because I don't know what to do with help my patients. And so it, and, and then the other thing was, you know, you're watching people over time and you're seeing the effects of stress and anger and stuff affecting their health. And and most people don't have that perspective. You know, you go to work every day or people go to work every day. They don't see people over time getting sicker and sicker and sicker because they're experienced. And then they tell you they're having all this stress and stuff. So I could see that this stress train was headed for me. You know, if I didn't not only do I do I need to figure out stress to help my patients, but if I can't figure it out for myself, I could end up, you know, with with illnesses or needing an MD. Yeah, yeah. So, so the whole thing, it, it, the whole thing was in a setup for me to be highly motivated is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so I, I kept searching and I, and I made a decision early on in my practice that most doctors and busy people don't do. I decided to do personal development work because I wanted to get to, none of the traditional solutions to stress and anger were working for me. And, and I wanted to expand my horizons and, and look for other solutions. Right. So I made that commitment. I started, you know, going to workshops and following, you know, thought leaders and reading books. And and, and I started learning all this stuff that I had they never taught me about human beings in medical school. It, right. it's, it's amazing. They send you out there. To, they send you out there to take care of human beings. 
<laughs> they teach you about hearts and lungs and kidneys and things like that. But they don't take care of bodies, but they don't yeah. tell you that there's people inside of those bodies. And they don't they don't teach you a lot about those people um, and what they struggle with and, and what they wrestle with and all this kind of stuff. So I was learning all this stuff and I was going, oh, my God, a, a lot of the things I thought I understood about myself and human beings weren't true. Right. I had never been exposed to some of these ideas before. And when I was, I went like, gee, this, that clarifies things. I can understand things better now. I understand myself better now. And so the whole thing got me into a mode of questioning some of all of the standard dogma in different fields. And it led me to questioning everything. You know, I asked myself, what if everything I've been taught about stress isn't true? Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know the answer. At the time, I didn't know whether that was Right. path or not, but I decided to go down it and explore it. And I spent another couple of years just, you know, trying to figure out what was true and not true about stress. And lo and behold, I found out that almost everything isn't true. And, and as I started assembling the pieces of the puzzle of what was true, I was able to use that stuff to end my anxiety problems, to end my anger problems, to cure myself of horrendous public speaking fear. Uh-huh. Like I I could have never done this back when I was in my twenties. Oh, wow. I would have been a basket case. Uh-huh. I would have never volunteered to do it in the first place. Okay, right. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and then relation, and then to really fix my relationship failure pattern, where almost, where not almost every relationship I had with a woman failed, mm-hmm. um, no matter how well it started out. Okay, and I had no insight into why that was happening. And I eventually figured out some of the things that I was doing that I didn't notice that I was doing. And, not, and I was able to put the corrections in, you know, again, studying, studying about relationships, learning about relationships and how they do work as opposed to the ideas that were. Well, you thought it worked, right? Exactly. Which I don't, who knows where I got them from. I probably got them from sitcoms and Leave it to Beaver and, and <laughs> movies and stuff like that. You know? well, With all these ideas floating around in my head about how you're supposed to act or how a man is supposed to act in a relationship with a woman. Right. You they follow were, your models. And yep. they were, I, I thought it was a, a success model. Mm-hmm. So I, I used it, you know, I went with it and, and then completely unaware what it was, what it contained, right. <laughs> what, what the rules were, <laughs> what, what the moves were. And then when I started to really examine it and look at myself and I looked at, okay, here's what's my model. And I, I said, that's a crazy model. I would never, I wouldn't want to be with somebody who treated, <laughs> who treated me that way. <laughs> I said, this is a, this is a failure model masquerading as a success model. I gotta, I gotta change this model. I gotta figure out a better model that works. And I was eventually able to do that. And a couple months later, met my wife, whose name is Christina, by the way, with a C. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and we've been married for 38 years now. So, I mean. Congratulations. I was able to make the corrections once I figured out what the hell was really going on, just like in those other areas of my life where I had no insight into what was going on within me that was causing the anger or the anxiety or the fear of public speaking. You know, I was able to finally figure all that stuff out. And then once I could see it, I could correct it. So, right. Exactly. Well, I love it. I love how, you know, basically you said that instead of having a doctor mind, you kind of have an entrepreneur mind that the kind of mind that wanted to explore and figure out things in a different way. And so yeah, well, the, the interesting thing is like you. <laughs> the interesting thing, the doc, the doctor's mind was actually getting in my way because mm-hmm. the doctor's mind, you're trained for seven years to never be wrong. Yeah. To be a perfectionist, 
to, to, to abhor being wrong. I mean, that's the worst thing you can do as a doctor is to be wrong. Right. So I went through that training and I absorbed it all. And I had a, 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 a phobia about being wrong, you know, yeah. did not want to be wrong. It turns out all of the breakthroughs that I had in, in my life and stress and everything uh -huh. came from admitting how wrong I was about stuff. <laughs> And I was blocked. I was blocked off from being able to do that because of this training that, that I, you know, had, which is really good for being a doctor. Yeah. Okay. You don't want to be wrong as a doctor, but exactly. man, in almost every other area of life, we're, we've got all kinds of crazy ideas in our head that aren't true. And I, uh, and I wasn't even able to ask those questions because I was just blocked off from all those things that I eventually explored and discovered a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah, part of our intro is she's in the box, I'm out of the box. She's been a teacher for 27 years and being in the school system, watching from the inside, doing it from the inside. Mm -hmm. When she, when we got out and started our own school, her, her ideas were very much along the same lines. But me being outside the box entrepreneur, I brought in so many different ideas and restructured it to get it out of that, mm -hmm. that in the box to make it more um more human more flexible again. and yeah. human centric back back for, for yeah. the entrepreneur so um, well i've always said i always said that I, I frequently say that the the reason why i have so much stress and anger in the world today mm -hmm. there are a bunch of reasons but one of the main reasons is the absolute failure of our educational system mm -hmm. to to help people understand their emotions to help people understand stress where it comes from even even to what it is i mean we are teaching people the wrong things Right. And and I had absorbed all that stuff. And so I had all these wrong ideas about stress and anger. And and it wasn't until I was able to let go of them and realize they were incorrect mm -hmm. and, and then explore, well, what is the truth? You know, what is stress? Where does it come from? What is anger? Where does it come from? That's when I was able to have breakthroughs. That's when I was able to discover what worked. And and it's that's been 40 years ago. Right. And I'm still using those same insights today, and I'll probably use them for the rest of my life. And I've been teaching them to lots of other people who are getting value out of them as well. So, I mean, it's it, it's really a shame that we're not preparing. Our, we're supposed to be preparing our kids for life, you know, yeah. for being happy, for being successful in life. And we're not, you know, um, which is exactly. Why we're doing what we're doing, you know, why yeah. we're building our educational model to bring the people to... back into the kids to teach them a little bit about psychology and yeah. about how how their makeup works and that it's that it's how you build your character instead of who you are. So that instead of being wrong for being an introvert, you can know that you're an introvert and then apply tools to gain skills to work with that instead of limiting yourself to being that. Right. So yeah. that that kind of just basic knowledge that you can change different aspects mm -hmm. and grow yourself really needs to be taught in our school with the love of learning. And our education system right now is being taught facts and tests and mm -hmm. do this. It's not taught hey, be a person and this is how you learn and now grow out, go out and grow your life and the lives of other people. So yeah. that's that's the aspect of our of our education system. I, I mean, I went all through educated college, medical school, extra years of medical training, nothing about how to succeed in relationships, nothing about how to understand and deal with emotions mm -hmm. other than to suppress them as a doctor. You learn how to do that. Right. Um, and um yeah, it's just about how to balance a checkbook or take care of a car or yeah. 
Yeah, well, I mean, but that kind of you know that kind of stuff is easy enough. You can learn how to do that. But the stuff the stuff about emotions and relationships. I mean, if you watch if you watch The Bachelor and The Bachelorette to understand love, you're you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> and unfortunately, that's the mindset of what's how people think about relationships today is with modeling like that, which is crazy. You know, I actually watch it because it's like a train wreck. I mean, it's so, so horrible to see what it's doing to people. <laughs> if you're watching it in the right mindset, it's a comedy because you realize that like that stuff is just so totally wrong and just so funny because that really shouldn't be happening. It's like watching Monty Python. <laughs> there you yes. go. It's not real. Yes. But it's, but everybody consumes it like it's like the gospel, you know, it's like this, this is how you should you know, pursue love, check your feelings and see how you feel. And if you feel certain ways, then that means you're in love. It's like, what? <laughs> what about the commitment that you need and this growth together that you need to have 38 years of marriage or in our yeah. case, 30 years of marriage. It, and yeah. the couples on those shows rarely talk about that stuff. You know, what they want out of life, what they want out of a, what they want in a partner. I, I just, I, matter of fact, I just posted this the other day. I came across this great relationship advice. Mm -hmm. It said, make a list of all the things that you think are really important to have in a partner. Uh -huh. Okay. And then be that list. Right. Because you will attract what you're being yes. or what you're doing. So you'll find the one that matches with that. And then, yep. 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 So um, getting, getting back into your work, um, I've heard of anger management. I've, I've, kind of been on a stoic path i've I've tried to reach stoicism I, I i agree with that a lot as as emotions are more of a signal not as, as a signal to help guide you in your choices not as the decision maker but as a as a as a signal um so how does how does anger elimination work as a are you not removing that that signal that something might be wrong? Well, first, I'm not not really removing anything. I'm giving people the power, the the capability to get rid of their anger anytime they want to. So if their anger is serving them, or if they want to even gin it up, you know, you you know, if you if you want to motivate somebody, or you're you know you're dealing with a customer service rep and you want to get some some resolution of a problem you're having and you want to get angry, you can do all that. You know, I'm not, I'm not taking anger away from people, but I'm teaching them how they can eliminate it. And it's it's the opposite. It's really the opposite of anger management because anger management and stress management mainly focus on symptoms. Okay. And they teach you how to lower the symptoms of whatever those problems are. They, they don't teach you how to get at root causes most of the time. And anger eliminate, you eliminate anger by getting at the root causes and understanding where it's coming from. And one of the things we don't teach our kids today, or even our adults today, right. is that when you're dealing with anger or stress in a human being, this is different from an animal like a dog or a lion or something, um, there's always two types of causes. There's the external causes, which are the things that happen that trigger us, okay? And then there are the internal causes everybody sees the external causes and that's what we mostly focus on so if you get angry and somebody asks you why are you angry and you say well it's my spouse it's my boss it's my kids it's the economy it's the republicans it's the democrats you know whatever it is okay that's all you're focused on is the external stuff nobody's saying well what's what 
what are the thought patterns and behavior patterns going on inside you that are generating the anger without which you wouldn't be able to feel angry because that's the key yeah. piece of the puzzle that's missing okay and we're not teaching that and we should be yeah okay because it's known i mean cognitive behavioral scientists have figured this out a long time ago they know how our thoughts uh, relate to our emotions and um unless you see a therapist and happen to get lucky and get a good one which is like not that likely <laughs> i had you one know, I moved away but i had one for a while <laughs> you're, you're not going to get this this perspective and you're not going to get this these insights mm -hmm. and then you're going to still be managing the symptoms so you can put up you know if you're having a bad i tell people if you're having a bad marriage you can put a punching bag in your office and a punching bag in your basement and you can punch that bag 20 times a day and dissipate a lot of that anger that's building up on in you but a or is it going to make you less angry tomorrow and the answer is no and b is it is your marriage going to be any better because you're not addressing the roots of either of those two problems okay so it's just going to keep happening over and over again you're going to have to manage it over and over again I, I struggled very much with anger in my first 20, when my 20s and 30s, when I, even when I opened my medical practice, I would get angry at my patients. I would get angry at my parents, at my friends. Um, I took up tennis when I was a resident in my late 20s. And I was like John McEnroe on the tennis court. I mean, I would stomp around and curse at myself and thrash my racket. I, Land I the balls. I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't control it. Um, and I, I thought I never would. Okay? But, but since I discovered some of these insights and how to identify the internal causes, the last 40 years of my life, I'm going to be 75 next week on Groundhog's Day. There you go. <laughs> the last 40 years of my life, I've had almost no anger at all. And people, most people believe that's not possible. I didn't believe it was possible to tell you the truth. <laughs> but, and, and if I do get angry, I can get rid of it in, in minutes because I know exactly where it's coming from. I understand the mechanism. I can look at it, the mechanism of how I'm thinking, and I can say, is that accurate? Is that truthful thinking? Is it realistic thinking? And a lot of times I'll find that there's some flaw in it somewhere that you know, I didn't recognize. It got triggered automatically. You know, and, and, uh, and, and then once you see it, for what it is, it really is, your anger just goes away. It, it's like when you have, everybody's had the experience when some you made an appointment with somebody to meet you somewhere because it was very important, like they were gonna drive you somewhere and, and you had to be there and, and you show up on time and they don't. Mm -hmm. And you know, five minutes goes by and you're starting to get a little bit annoyed. And then 10 minutes goes by and you're you're thinking all these things about how they were, they were irresponsible, they didn't take it seriously, they let you down you know you shouldn't have depended on them and they're no good this and that and then you know 15 minutes after they're supposed to be there they come in and they're all you know profusely apologetic they got stuck in a major traffic jam there was no way they could get out of it they left like a half hour early or very conscientious you know they really wanted to be there on time they were not doing any of the things and as soon as you realize the reality of what was going on for them is different than what you made up in your head you know when they didn't show up it's like you're not angry at them anymore. You understand, well, those things happen. And, but the anger's gone. I mean, literally gone. You don't have to take deep breaths. You don't have to punch a punching bag. You don't have to do anything. You just saw, you had one view of the situation in your mind um, that was wrong. Mm -hmm. 
here we are getting back to being wrong. And, and the person came in and gave you the accurate information. So now you know what really happened. And as soon as you know what really happened, it's like there's nothing to be angry about. Yeah. You know, so it's just. Not always. <laughs> Not always. <laughs> but actually, you know, it's funny. If you go, it, it becomes, if you dig deeper and deeper philosophically, uh -huh. you can actually get to the point where even if it looks like your anger is totally justified, a lot of times you find out not not really. <laughs> if you really look at it, look at it philosophically, look at it a broader perspective, yeah. longer perspective. It's like, yeah. <laughs> at the start of this conversation, I mentioned that that I have brain damage. I, I really messed up my head a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I, I have I have really beautiful pictures, um, but I, I I hurt both of my emotional processing centers really bad. And I used to be able to Do exactly. be, be that mm -hmm. and just, and now when I get ticked off, I can be angry for two or three days because the structures that create the counter chemicals to balance that kind of go away. So that mental imaging that you talk about that, that questioning, mm -hmm. that's not a one-time thing for me. I, sometimes I have to do that for like an hour, hour and a half, two hours to so oh, but, not angry for like three or four days but it's it, like that it's like that for me too it's not it's not oh you do it once and it and it's over because your body keeps sending the, these these perceptions to you and the ways of looking at it it just it's automatic it's like you know so you may you may go you know i teach people the process to, to get rid of their anger so they may use the process to get the anger's gone and five minutes later it's back well, you do the same process again. You say, okay, I know where it's coming from now. I know how my body is telling me I'm thinking. I know how my body's telling me all my thoughts are true and justified and righteous. Okay. And now I have a chance to examine them again. And now it's easier the second time and the third time and the fourth time and the fifth time because it's the same stuff and you already know the answers. <laughs> you know what's true, what's not true. And you just, it's a constant reminding yourself. And the more you, you know, represents the truth of what happened and in those moments your anger goes away and then it might come back again and in some people it might happen five times and then it's gone some people might happen a hundred times and then it's gone you know it might have it might go away in 30 minutes it might go away in a week but it's the same process to get to deal with it each time it comes up and when you do that over time i'm talking years and years and years it rewires your brain so we need to yeah, yeah. I, I know things i know things that used to really tick me off like knee jerk uh -huh. you know, back when i was in, they don't anymore i mean i'm the same thing happens and my body doesn't react like it did back then you know because i've retrained it by doing this so many thousands of times in so many different situations and i'm working with so many different people i mean i've ingrained this stuff into me right you know um and it's built new pathways you know which is what happens all the time yeah it sounds very similar to like when I'm teaching, you know, some kids can catch the concept in like five repetitions. Other kids need the concept like 20 repetitions. And some of some of them, you know, it takes a hundred repetitions of the concept before they yeah. actually get it. So all yeah. of us at different rates and all of us process at different rates. And, you know, sometimes there's extenuating circumstances like some brain damage that has to be rewired or reworked. Yes. But, but if you're a teacher, you're rewiring brains. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's your job. Okay. And it's, you're right. It's different for different people will rewire in different mm -hmm. ways and at different speeds and different degrees of cooperation. But I mean, that's ultimately what you're trying to do. You're trying to get the brain to, to see things newly, to think differently, to have deeper understandings, better understandings, stuff like that, which 
which is the, the goal of life. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So can you give us a quick example of maybe how a parent can use this a little bit to help deal with, you know, what, one of those irritating behaviors for their kids? My kid is always doing this and it always ticks me off. What could they do? Can you kind of give us a little example of? Yeah, well, one of the one of the first things, there's a cascade of, of, of several thoughts that, that trigger the emotion of anger in our body. Okay. Mm -hmm without that and they're sort of like generic thought patterns they're not you can't tell exactly what a person's thinking but in a sort of a general sense mm -hmm. you know the structure of the thoughts and, and the cascade okay so it starts off with somebody did something bad or wrong mm -hmm. okay so that's how you're looking at whatever's so your kid's misbehaving mm -hmm. all right and or let's put it your kid is behaving in certain ways okay right. <laughs> and your filter is it's misbehaving okay right. it's bad or wrong okay so that that's the that initiates the cascade of and, and then other things follow well you can take that one that one assumption you know doing something bad or wrong and and ask yourself is it really bad or wrong mm -hmm. to give you an example my wife went early in our relationship when we were married <clears throat> We, we rarely got into fights. Right. Okay. Because I rarely criticize her. She rarely criticized me. You know, we just yeah. worked things out. So, except we had this, when we went on a, a, a trip by car, on vacation by car, everything would be fine. Drive out would be fine. The vacation would be fine. Coming back home, we would start sniping at each other in the car. Mm -hmm. And it was, it stuck out like a sore thumb. It was so unusual that yeah. it just really was a red flag to me. And it happened a couple times in a row consistently. And I said to myself, something's fishy here. I got to figure out what's going on. And, and uh, it turns out that she, well, she obviously, she and I had different family backgrounds. Okay. In my family, when you, when we went on car trips, you drive to your vacation spot, you have fun. And then when your vacation's over, you get in your car, you drive directly home. You stop for gas or maybe stop to eat or go to the bathroom, but you go directly home. Now, my wife's family was very different. When they went home, drove home from a, a vacation, my wife and her mother would say, oh, there's something we want to see. And it's like, uh, it's only an hour, you know, off our path over oh. here. Let's let's go do that. And, uh -huh. and they would go do that. So so we would start driving home. My, and, I, and I knew the right way to drive home. Right. Okay is you go directly home, okay? And she would say, oh, well, let's, I want to see this. Let's go over here. And I would say, no. <laughs> over, time to go home. And then she would get indignant, like, why no? And I said, no, I would say, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> and then she would get infuriated with me, how with my attitude, right. which I don't blame, in retrospect, I don't blame her for. But basically what I realized was I was judging her way of driving home from vacations as wrong, and my way is right. Yeah. And I asked myself, is that true? Is her way really wrong and my way really right? And when I asked that question, it's like the, the, the jig was up. <laughs> it didn't take me long to answer the question as well. I guess it's not really that my way is right. It's just I have my preference. She has her preference. We have uh -huh. two different preferences. And neither of us is right. Neither of us is wrong. You know, we just have different ways of doing it, you know? And, and so from that moment on, it's like every time we drive home and she's, I want to go an hour over here. I say, sure, dear, let's go do it. <laughs> it's like, why not? <laughs> All the emotional charge was off of it. You know, it's like, right. it wasn't, yeah. 
right? It wasn't in right and wrong anymore. It was just, okay, you know. And then I love that. And that's, we'll that. What we, and that's what we learn about our partners over time and how we, you know, make small concessions to make yeah. each other happy and work towards that relationship that yeah. helps yeah. keep together. Yeah. But when, we, when we first got together, driving was a point A to point B thing. And it's like, oh, we're going here. You get in the car, shortest possible route, you get there. Mm -hmm. um, in, in several years ago, she bought me a really nice car. Um, and that changed the way we drove. We would want to go driving and not have anywhere to go. So we would sit in the driveway for like an hour thinking, <laughs> where should we go? And we eventually broke that by like, hey, go let's, let's go to Tillamook, which is an hour and a half away to grab an ice cream. <laughs> and eventually on the way, then we was like, oh, hey, we've never been down that road. And so we eventually broke out of that cars are to get here to there. And once you're there, you do stuff yeah. to the car ride being part of the part adventure. of the adventure. Yeah. So yeah. either way is right or wrong. They're just two completely different ways to experience the. Yeah, I, I see the same. I see the same pattern in um, hol holiday stress, you know, around Christmas time and everything. And I, because I, people ask me to talk about that a lot, but because um, same thing, you know, you come from two different family backgrounds and each family has like a tradition of how they celebrate the holidays, how they decorate the tree, who does what, how you're supposed to behave. And then you get married and you, you start, you know, having your own Christmas tree. And then you start getting into arguments about, you know, somebody's decorating. All those people you know. who open up their presents on <laughs> yeah, Christmas. Or you, yeah, or when you open your you presents. have to wait till Christmas day. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the same stuff. It's like judging that to be wrong when it's just a different way that people have been, you know, um, conditioned to do things by their families and traditions and everything. So that's the first thing you can do is you can realize every time you're angry, you're judging that person or that event to be a bad or wrong thing, you know, and, and a lot of times it's not. Now, occasionally it can be, right. okay, but but a lot of times it's just a matter, it's just a subjective interpretation that's not inherently right or inherently wrong. It's just. I loved, I love that word preference that you use. It's yes. preference and yes. preferences aren't necessarily right or wrong. It's just the way I'm used to doing it or I like to do it. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like chocolate ice cream, vanilla ice cream. You know, it's not like one's right and one's wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Man, this is awesome. I love this discussion. You've been giving us so many good tips and ideas and really yeah. digging down to that root cause. You know, yeah. that's probably the key point of all of this is yes, it all gets down and the root causes, the root causes that we have the most control over. They're not the only causes, but the ones that are our own automatic patterns of thinking and behaving are the ones we have the most control over once we can identify them and own them. Right. And, and and realize when they get triggered because they're not very obvious they're, they're not like the person who you know uh lies to you or steals money from you or lets you down in some major way you, you see that and react to it immediately but it's the internal stuff that that where the real action is for for stress elimination and anger elimination and people can learn to do that it, it's i've been teaching it for 40 years it's not that hard you know, um, I, I had a, I did a TEDx talk uh, a couple of years ago at a high school in New Jersey, and my topic was what we should be teaching kids about stress in high school. Mm -hmm. 
And my point was, you shouldn't be allowed to graduate high school without understanding what stress is, where it comes from, and what the best strategies are for dealing with it. And that's not clear. That's not clearly understood by most people walking the planet today, which is why we have so much stress, because everybody's operating in a very false uh, box um, that gives, gives them no possibility for living stress-free. Mm-hmm. The best they can do in that box is is manage their stress, right. because they can't get at the root causes, because they're look they're not because the root causes are outside of that box. Love it. Sometimes when I'm get really angry and I try and be real honest with myself, one of the things that I realize is I'm getting angry at other people for stuff that they're doing that I don't <laughs> like that I do. So I get mm-hmm. mad at people for doing things that I don't like about me. And that's an internal cause. Yes. Right. And, and when you recognize that, it takes some of the emotion out of the anger towards them because you realize it's just, you're just upset with yourself, you know, or would be upset with yourself if you did the same thing, you know? Right. And so you have more, you, you have less angry feelings for that person because you understand it's a human thing and you do it and they do it. And, right. You know? Yeah. Changing, changing your point of view is a miracle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but then it's interesting because then you could easily get into the trap of getting angry at yourself, which is also not necessary. You can, you can run the same process on, well, what's true and not true about getting angry at yourself. The guilt shame cycle on yourself. I got angry at him and then goes through the guilt shame cycle on. Yeah. yeah. And if, like you say, if you had some, if you had some insult to your brain, and it's things are, are are wired a little differently than you would like them to be that that's something that's not in your direct personal control you know so if it's causing you to get more angry it's understandable and it's not something you're doing that you should feel bad about or that you feel ashamed of or blame yourself for it's the way your body is configured you know but at the same time do your best to work towards yes or rewiring yes. or whatever you know yes yes like spending a big spotlight on however i'm feeling it's not yeah. it's not that um it's worse it's just more yeah it's all <laughs> whatever it is whatever it is when it happens there's no reason to blame yourself and blame is part of anger too yeah. um when we are angry at people we're blaming them blame and when we're angry at ourselves we're blaming ourselves mm-hmm. and and and, and not only that, but the blame is usually one, it's usually either or, it's usually a one side and I call it unilateral blame. It's a hundred percent unilateral. Uh-huh. So either that other, that person was bad and wrong and they're a hundred percent responsible or I was bad and wrong and I'm hundred percent responsible. Oh, right. It's very either or, mm-hmm. okay. E- either or thinking is a huge problem in society today. It really makes us misunderstand life in many yeah. different ways. And a lot of things are not, very few things are either or. There's always like a, a gradation, you know, a gradient, and there's one stream over here and one stream, and there's a lot of stuff in the middle. You know, it has char- characteristics of both. So, but we get trapped in one side or the other, the extreme, you know, and, and it distorts our view of what reality actually is. And then we get upset. various different kinds of upsets as a result of that again that's not where are we teaching people that either or thinking is is very bad (laughs) well it's actually i take that back that's i just did it (laughs) i just said it's bad it's not really bad it's actually it's actually helpful in a lot of ways you know it evolved 
to keep us alive, you know, so in that sense, it's really good. But I mean, it's, it's, it can be very damaging um, when you get stuck in it and not realize how, how it makes you blind to a lot of the reality of life. Yeah, it's a lot easier to, to make a choice binary instead of multivariable because more things coming into it. Yeah, so if you make it. Hey, it's this or this. Yeah, you don't have to take all that other stuff. That's easy. But all it's, this other stuff is it's false. <laughs> it's a false dichotomy. Yeah, yeah, because exactly. there is all that stuff in the middle. Exactly. Awesome. Well, Dr. Moore, it has been wonderful talking with you. Can you tell us about any projects you have coming up or anything that you're doing right now that people and how people can get a hold of you and find out more about getting rid of their anger? Yeah, eliminating. We work with a lot of homeschool parents, and you know, that and close interaction does tend to yep. intensify, yep. intensify those kind of things. So it, I actually think I actually think the homeschooling movement is a great place for this kind of a breakthrough. Mm -hmm. in terms of teaching, you know, teaching kids life mastery skills um, can really happen because you don't have the bureaucracy that's going to squelch it or prevent it. Right. And if the parents see it, think it's valuable, then they can buy into it. Not only that, but in this kind of stuff, teaching about stress and anger, the parents have just as much to learn as the kids. Yep. And they can actually learn it together if, if they wanted to. And that would be really cool, you know, yeah. for for, I mean, for parents and their kids to both learn about anger so that when they each get angry at each other, they can say, hey, wait, you're doing this. They can point it out, would be cool. And so I'd be happy, anybody who wants to get in touch, who's a homeschooling and wants me to help them teach some of the stuff, you know, to their, either their children or children that are in their group that they're working with, I'd be more than happy to uh, get involved with that. Um, but anyhow, there's so people can best way for people to get in touch with me and learn a little bit more about anger and my approach to it is um, uh, there's a website they can go to. It's called theangersolution.org, okay. theangersolution.org. And there's a PDF, short PDF they can download. It'll get them on my email list. Mm -hmm. And I send out emails every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and they can find out about all the stuff that I'm involved with that way. And yeah, that's a good way to do it. Excellent. Excellent. I love that. Yeah. Wow. Another awesome episode for our parents. Um, part of you know this podcast mission is to build a library so parents can come and listen. Oh, I'm having this issue. Maybe I can go listen to a podcast and get some tips and tricks to help you know smooth over, over the rough spots. So well, this is awesome. Thank you. I will tell you something. I'm actually scheduled to produce a course, a six a six week course, one hour a week, for something called the Family Education System or something Summit. like that. Summit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll be teaching a course in that. And uh, the title of the course is How to Become a Low-Stress Parent in a High-Stress World. And that'll be a product after the six weeks that you can put in your library or we can make available for you in your library and stuff like that. Oh, thank you. That would be absolutely amazing. And actually, I just, I'm actually speaking at that same summit starting next week. And yeah. I'll be doing um, teaching, helping you teach your children how to read. So because of my teaching background, there's a lot of parents who, don't know how to help the teacher teach their kids to read. And it's a, you know, it's not just the teacher's job. It, it needs some work at home too. So yep. Yep. my course about early reading. Yeah. Great. Wonderful. Well, thank you again so much. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate all of our audience listening and checking in on our podcast. Please leave a review, leave a like, let us know how we're doing. And thank you so much 
have a wonderful week and we'll talk to and, everybody. Soon. And I would like to thank Dr. Ortman yes. for, for taking your mess and, and being able to figure this out yourself and then bringing that back. There are so many people mm -hmm. who, who find these things that are missing and, and just don't take care of it. And so for you to, to, to take that, not only for yourself, but then to bring that back to all of us, Thank you so much for for your caring and, and for how you're bringing this in. Well, it, it was being a I mean, being a doctor, I recognize that once I had this breakthrough myself, I said, "My God, this is so important to people's health, mm -hmm. and it's not being taught." I got to get it out there. So, you know, it's like it's part of my expression of of uh, doctorhood, you know, that brought me to to teach it and conduct seminars and write books and do all the things I've done. Um, because I really saw that it was something missing in the healthcare system. Yeah. And and again, I have to say there are lots of doctors out there and they're not all doing that. So once again, thank you. Okay. Because <laughs> because you are taking that position. This is important. This is awesome. So thank you for for being that guy to bring this forward. Thank you. And thank you for now. I have now I have another Christina in my life. <laughs> Awesome. Christina's are awesome. I like Christina's. Christina's are pretty good. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thank you, everybody, and have a wonderful evening.